Are you ready? Can't the New York Jets can beat anybody in the world, and I think we're going to win next Sunday. The New York Jets. I think Jet fans. Jet fans. Jet fans. Are very passionate. Thank you, all you fans. They got their guy. Darnold falling to the Jets. Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. That's such an upside. I think Jet fans. Very passionate. Brady sucks. Don't be the sucks. Don't want believe it. everybody and welcome to the latest edition of the Ain't Easy Being Green podcast. Broadcasting to you live from beautiful, amazing, picturesque Crystal Lake, New York. I'm actually at Crystal Lake Restaurant and Grill, Mike. So if you hear anything going on in the background, if you hear anyone cheering or yelling or getting wild, it's because there's a game on. Who knows what's going on back here? One of our sponsors. As always, broadcasting to you on the Elite Sports Radio Network. And I am joined by my colleague and co-host, the biggest Jet fan in the state of Texas. His name is Michael Lagaris, everybody. Hey, everybody. What up, Jet Nation? Yeah, Mike, uh, coming in. We're coming to Jet Nation this week off a loss, a tough loss. A loss that maybe isn't that surprising to everyone, but maybe just kind of a bummer because of the way that we played. Wide receivers couldn't get open. Sam couldn't complete the ball to anybody. Really couldn't get anything going on offense, Mike, the entire day. Turned the ball over again. Some of the same themes that have haunted us throughout the season in our losses, and even in some of our wins, to be honest. Uh, they, They crept into this game as well. Yeah, they did. A lot of people... We're criticizing as usual, you know, saying this guy's got to get fired, this guy. You know what? I I really don't want to hear that. The players didn't play. Did Todd Bowles make some mistakes like that timeout before the end of the half? Yes, he made some mistakes, but that one mistake didn't make up for uh, a lot of the great defense that uh, the New York Jets were showing everybody on Sunday against the Vikings. Look, the Vikings are just a better team up and down. They're more talented. They have every other roster position looking better than ours, and we were really hurt. There were some things in the game that really concerned me. Uh, one of the major points that I want to discuss with you is the play of our center, Spencer Long. Now, oh my for, God, Mike! Yes. Are you kidding? What many, is he doing out there? You suck. For many of you Jet fans, many, many of you Jet fans, you have you're spoiled, and that's that's an oxymoron in a way. Spoiled Jet fan? What? But in a way. You're spoiled when it comes to the center position because almost your entire life you've had Pro Bowl, you had Kevin Y, and then you had Nick Mangle. You have had not just good but great center play your entire almost your entire life if you're about 20 years or, or young. And this is what you get with a guy who not only is injured, his fingers are hurt or whatever, but. He can't even uh, pass coverage. Horrible. Run blocking. Horrible. Snaps. Horrible. He's a liability. It's total, this guy, it's total, total meltdown mode right now for Spencer Longline. Throwing off uh, uh, he, he, one of the fumbles that they gave Sam Darnold on Sunday was not Sam Darnold's fault. It was a off uh, hike again from from Spencer Long and messed up the handoff to Crowell. There was a holding penalty late that destroyed a drive. He crushed two drives by himself. I texted you about that. Garbage, garbage, garbage. It seems like him snapping the ball and being accurate with the snaps has been an issue all season. It really was uh, prominent this week because a couple of those snaps led to bad plays. Like you said, one of those fumbles was uh, given to Sam Darnold, which really wasn't even his fault. But another thing, another highlight of the game for me, Mike, was 
the lack of separation by the wide receivers. I mean, there were, they, I, I saw a stat that said the Jets were 0 for 10 on the day on passes where the receivers were able to get one one yard or less of separation. So that when the windows are really, really tight this weekend, we weren't able to complete the ball. And more often than not, the windows were pretty tight. Uh, Sam was only 17 for 42, Mike 40%. Three interceptions, as we know. I, I w- If I'm going to be honest, um, you know, he had 206 yards, he had three interceptions. But if I'm going to be honest, only one of those interceptions to me was really his fault because one of them was a really bad route that was run by Roberts. His one was a, a tip by Teron Peak. But still, all three interceptions are going to go to Sam. We punted the ball eight times. We turned it over four times. That's going to be your day. Obviously, you're not going to really end up with a W. But they actually, you know, to, to defense's credit, I know what the final score was, Mike, but they were able to get the Vikings to punt the ball eight times also. Just it seemed like eventually they got worn down in that second half. And by the time we got to the end of the third quarter, maybe the fourth quarter, because they put up 17 points in the fourth quarter of the Vikings, it seemed like they had nothing left in the tank at all. Yeah, you're right, man. Look, the Jets are 0-4 when Darnold attempts more than 30 passes in a game. So he needs a, a good running game to be successful. On Sunday, they were 71 yards on 24 carries. Like you said, one of those interceptions really uh, was was his fault. The other two, a bad route by Roberts, peak. Uh, trying to catch the ball. This is why this guy, you know, just plays special teams because obviously in the big moments, uh, he hasn't shown his ability to execute. And on Sunday, there were four drops tied for the league high in week seven. Jermaine Curse, I mean, he was on a milk carton on Sunday. Yeah. Where was he? Where was yeah, he? Yeah, we dropping the Where, ball. They, they... Dropping the ball over the place. Mike also, it was, Jermaine Curse nowhere to be found. They couldn't hold on to the ball when Sam was able to get it to him. Uh, eight penalties for, I think, eight penalties for uh, 71 yards, which obviously is, you know, always going to, it's always going to kill you. And the injuries that we have wide receiver at this point, in the fourth quarter, there was one play when Andre Roberts, Jerron Peak, and, you know, you had Deontay Burnett out there playing in the fourth quarter for the practice squad. Uh, not, not a good day for the Jets, not a good situation to be in with the injuries that we have right now. Only 263 total yards on the day. Jamal Adams, I know, yeah. gave the team. Jamal Adams gave the team a speech after the game uh, to kind of keep their heads in it. It really does seem evident to me that they don't have the guy on their team right now, and maybe he's going to be someone that we get in the draft. It's not really often you're able to trade for a guy like this, but they do need that real number one receiver because if they have a guy like that, Anderson, who's pretty good if he's the number two or three, or a guy like Curse, who's pretty good if he's the number two or three, is really in the correct slot that they should be in and when you have a number one guy yeah. on the field. I mean, look, it wasn't all nasty on Sunday. There were some bright spots. Chris Herndon, the rookie, had a touchdown. And another one that was within a foot of catching a second touchdown. He's starting to show himself as a red zone target. And, you know, coming out of Miami, we all knew that he had break game speed for a tight end and also could run routes really well. He's also helping out in pass blocking. Cannon had some catches, Mike, this weekend uh, when Bilal went out. And, you know, we're going to get to that in a second. Bilal Powell's injury, which we apparently could be much more serious yeah. than we thought. But Cannon had some catches out of the backfield. One really big pass out of the backfield. Seems like maybe uh, catching the ball, maybe receiving the ball, he could be a weapon for us. And it looks like he's going to get some looks moving forward as well. He had his best game as a pro with four catches and 69 yards. The highlight was that 35-yard catch on a wheel route that helped set up the Jets' first first touchdown. Definitely had a pretty good game. You know who also had a pretty good game? How about our boy Jason Myers with the win? Gustin all over MetLife Stadium. Kicks a 55-yarder. Especially in that stadium, kick a field goal like that, where, you know, 
MetLife Stadium in the Meadowlands in general in the parking lot was so windy this weekend. It was unbelievable. It's one of the windier games I can remember going to. He, he was actually pretty strong. It just seemed like another game where they didn't really get, put themselves in any position to win due to the penalties, due to the turnovers, and it's something that's going to haunt all bad teams and all teams that are going to hover around 500 or be lower than that. And if they really wanted to have any realistic shot to make the playoffs, you got to win some of these games, these upset games, because... Um, you know, down the stretch toward the end of the season, we have a pretty tough schedule. But so yeah, loss on Sunday. Let's get into some of the details, some of the finer points of Week Seven in the NFL for the New York Jets. The situation uh, kind of got heavy on me. On a windy October afternoon, the New York Jets held the last of a three-game homestand to play the Minnesota Vikings. Gang Green enjoyed the fruits of a two-game winning streak and entered the game with confidence despite being banged up from injuries. Unfortunately, their confidence would be shaken early. Minnesota would go right down the field on an opening scoring drive that resulted in a touchdown pass to Adam Thielen. Cousins set out to attack the New York Jets' injured secondary by targeting Daryl Roberts on this drive. The win was a factor in this game, affecting both offenses. After a series of punts by both the Jets and the Vikings, New York received the ball with four minutes to go in the first quarter. Powell went up to the, up the middle for 11. Shotgun formation. Darnold fires to Trenton Cannon for 35 yards on a wheel route for a first down. Darnold with a short pass to Robbie for 25 yards to put the Jets in the red zone. First and 10 from the Minnesota 12. Darnold takes the snap. Sees Herndon. He fires. Touchdown, Herndon. Yeah, big-time catch for Herndon, Mike. He's showing that he can actually be a big-time red zone target for us. Almost had another touchdown later in the game. It seems like that's somebody that Sam's been looking for, even before Anunma got hurt. It seemed like they have a little bit of a connection. I know he had a couple drops early in the year. If that's somebody that's going to be able to be a weapon for us in the absence of Anunma, maybe we can keep the passing game afloat here when he's out? Yeah, and uh, this was against a very good secondary with Xavier Rhodes and Trey Waynes for them to execute this. Uh, Darnold in the first quarter was six for nine, had a touchdown pass, he was looking good. Herndon showing his ability to catch in the red zone and, and strike fear into the heart of defenses was very, very uplifting as a Jet fan. The Jets defense would force Minnesota to punt again. Great coverage from Daryl Roberts and Mo Claiborne. Jets defense was holding. I wanted to tell you how proud I was of Daryl Roberts through this three-game homestand who's been starting in the in the wake of Tremaine Johnson's injury and people have been trying to target him and he's been stepping up to the plate. Jets would, would also punt after just three plays for five yards. Penalty on the punt sets up Minnesota almost on midfield. So again, here we go with penalties giving Minnesota ability to strike. Vikes next possession would see them go eight plays for 27 yards to kick a field goal to put them up 10 to seven with 10 minutes to go in the second. Jets defense bending but not breaking. They would answer with another three and out. At this point, I clearly could see that Sam was missing Quincy in the offense. Yeah, they couldn't get anything going. Uh, and Sam didn't seem like he was in any rhythm with the rest of the receivers on offense. I know when Nunez is his kind of check down guy, his security blanket, nothing really going at this point. The offensive line wasn't doing him any favors either. Uh, then the Vikings been been able to move the ball, and what I was worried about is that we wouldn't be able to run the ball in this game, and they would be able to kind of just sit back and. When we get into those, uh, you know, stereotypical running situations, all they have to do is just uh, play the pass, and that's what they were able to do, Mike, because we really all day long couldn't get anything going with the run. And to top it off, 
After another strong defensive stop, the Jets would get the ball. Crowell up the right for three. Second down. Spencer Long snaps. Darnold fumbles. Yeah, and this is the point where all Jet fans, we just had enough of Spencer Long. There's something I have to tell you. I mean, now it's been bad all year, and it's not like he's that great of a blocker anyway. This isn't working out for me anymore. What is the issue with him and Sam? You mean nothing to me. And what is the issue with him accurately snapping the ball? That's your job. I wanted it to work, but unfortunately, I feel nothing. When you're in the NFL, when you're a center, you've been doing this how long? I don't understand what's happening, but I do know that we need to get this corrected as soon as possible. He's obviously someone that's going to be on the team next year. This is kind of hampering us, you know, more often than it should when it's just a simple snap of a ball. And this, this went on throughout the game, Mike. Right, and look, he signed a four-year contract, maximum value $27.4 million. Hit all of his guaranteed money was this year, Keith. We can cut him after this year if need be. Well, that was structured very well by Mikey Mack because this guy's obviously a jabroni. And, you know, he was obviously considered for jabroni of the week this week, but he was a runner-up. Okay. The next time the Jets got the ball, Crowell up the middle for five, holding offense, long, back, first and 20. Jets ended up punting ball on this drive. Two back-to-back -back drives. Two back-to-back -back drives, Spencer Long crushed. I just, I, at this point, I was just extremely frustrated. Halftime, the score thank thankfully would be 10 to seven. The win was definitely a factor in this game. A field goal missed by uh, the Vikings field goal kicker evidently shown that the wind was really blowing hard. Yeah, the wind was all over the place, and it was, uh, you know, it, it seemed like it was going to be a tough day for the kickers. But a couple different times, like we said, that. Long, just impacting the Jets. It kicks to the stomach when you have an offensive lineman make mistakes. It, 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 they have a thankless job sometimes. I totally get that. But when you're impacting the offense like he is, snapping the ball, you're getting penalties on yourself. At this point, he's not even operating at an NFL level, Mike. Right. And the other thing that I was a little concerned with was the fact that Kirk Cousins threw the ball into the ground on a play very short before the half. And Perry Nickerson and Darren Lee just kind of stood there. Let me tell you something, Keith, and I think you'll agree with me. On a Bill Parcells coach team, players aren't just standing around with a loose ball. Todd Bowles, you had four years, man. This is the, you know, we need your players to be on top of it. But, hey, we'll save that for another discussion. So, Minnesota, Jets would come out of halftime three and out. Minnesota would go right down the field as they did starting and got a TD run from Latavius Murray, 17 to 10. Uh. 17 to 10. New York starts the drive. Sam Darnold looks at Robbie deep to the left. Fires down the sideline. And this was not a good pass. This was another time where it seemed like Sam was dictating in his mind where he was going to go with the even before the play kind of played itself out, Mike. You know what I mean? Where yeah. it was kind of predictable. He did what you thought he might do. It didn't seem to fool the defense at all. And uh, Vikings ball going the other direction again. That's correct, and they would capitalize, scoring a field goal off the turnover. After kicking off, Andre Roberts would return at 53 yards to the Minnesota 46-yard line. He has just been such a tremendous weapon for Gang Green. After we get after the Jets get the ball, Crowell up the middle for three. Darnold scrambles for the for six to for a first down. Darnold with a pass to Crowell, wide open. Darnold with a pass to Tomlinson, wide open. Myers would salvage the drive with kicking a 55-yarder despite the wins. I, I, again, it, this is just frustrating. Again, I know that we're not as good of a team as the Vikings. We should have lost this game, but it's stuff like this that, you know, you get special teams to put you in a position to score, and the quarterback, the rookie quarterback who's struggling, actually provides a solution to get into within the red zone 
and you cannot simply catch the ball. Yeah, and these sometimes are some of the things that you don't see in the numbers at the end of a game for a quarterback, Mike, is dropped passes, the passes that, or the plays, I should say, that don't work out the, the way that they should because uh, another offensive player didn't run the right round or do the right thing, and it seemed like they were not, in a couple different situations in this game, able to hold on to the ball, which impacted drives and doesn't look good for Sam and look good for his stats, and this is a time that Myers was able to bail us out, get us three points, a 55-yard field goal at MetLife Stadium is insane. Myers this year has just been unreal with, with the amount of kicks he's made, how accurate he's been. But, I mean, the ball goes back to the Vikings in the fourth quarter, Mike. Um, and another time, they were able to move the ball down the field and able to run the ball with Latavius Murray again. In fact, they went two plays for 51 yards and on a TD run by Latavius Murray. It just wasn't looking good. The defense started breaking here. They've held up all the way up into the, the this deep part of the game. And really, there was really nothing to say except that the Jets looked like they were breaking. But Darnold would then pass to Crowell for 21 yards. He would then hit his college buddy Burnett for 9. Scramble for 10 yards. Hit Herndon for 18 yards deep. Almost getting a TD. TD call got overturned. First and goal from the one-yard line. Darnold takes the snap. Going to be, it looks like a touchdown. Yes, it is for Darnold. Yeah, big sneak here for Sam. He's a big body. You always get worried when they do these uh, type of runs, Mike, uh, with the quarterbacks. Like, you don't want anyone to injure it, but it is the most efficient way, it seems, to get the ball in the end zone. So we go down 27-17 here. Big drive for Sam. Middle of the fourth quarter here, so you're kind of at this point still holding out hope. It's not right. over yet. You know, they, they got themselves back in it. If they could just stop the Vikings here, get the ball back. We're right. only down two scores. I'm still hoping right now the defense in New, New Jack City is going to come up big for us. Down 10. This, uh, I thought this play really ended the game for us. Uh, after another defensive stop, the Jets would get the ball back. Darnold would pass deep to Anderson. And Anderson and would wrap, get wrapped up with the cornerback, and it was a possible pass interference. Uh, they decided to do a no call on that. Um, if he hadn't got tripped up, he may have caught that ball. And the next play was a pass to Roberts and an interception. And again, it was just a missed opportunity. Um, whether you want to call that pass interference or not, I heard both opinions. Yeah. And it was just Roberts. The next play was a bad route run by Roberts and an interception. Minnesota would then go seven plays for 61 yards, scoring a touchdown to Aldrick Robertson. And Minnesota began to completely pull away here. Um, wheels started completely falling off. Darnold throws a pass to Peak, who had a bounce off his chest and got another interception and at this point the game was over we us losing 37 to 17. it was look the jet defense i was very i liked what i saw from the jet defense in their fight i just feel that our injuries were a little bit too much for us to overcome uh people want to kill the coach people want to kill the gm play a team who's better than you there's no room for error no room for error no not not at all and obviously the, the vikings are a little bit more talented team than we are at this point, and with the injuries banging us up at wide receiver, 
uh, and a few other spots, Mike. You know, we were a little bit overmatched this weekend. It was good to see the defense fight, like you said. Our boy, Andre Roberts, did have some good returns. He's at least somebody to look at that's um, a bright spot. Eight penalties for 71 yards is always going to hurt you. You know, right now, we're, we have 16 turnovers on the season. We, we're third in the NFL. Ten, ten interceptions. We have six fumbles. So... We, we have to get that under wraps. I mean, we've been able to take the ball away 15 times, but now we're plus one in the turnover battle. So that's something that we're going to have to get under wraps, Mike. That's that's one of the, the hallmarks of a team that's undisciplined is penalties and turnovers. Haunted us all season. Haunted us this game. And if you're going to play a team that's better than you to begin with, you know, personnel-wise, if you're going to turn the ball over four times and have that many penalties, Absolutely. you really don't have a chance to win the game. A-B-G. Jabroni's. Jabroni's. Jabroni. Jabroni. Of the week. You keep using this word Chad Kelly, right now we know that the charges that he is facing is a felony charge for allegedly illegally trespassing. The victim in this case says that his wife was sitting on the couch with their child at about 1.15 a.m. when apparently he walked in mumbling incoherently. Torres then ended up hitting Kelly on the back of the head with an aluminum vacuum tube. Hitting Kelly on the back of the head with an aluminum vacuum tube. All right, Mike, so my jabroni of the week for this week is a player that had trouble following him when he was in college. He played at Clemson. He ended up getting dismissed for getting into a fight with some bouncers up in Buffalo there. He had to go to East Mississippi State, played a season there. He played at Ole Miss. He was drafted Mr. Irrelevant in 2017, and he's right now the backup quarterback, or I should say was the backup quarterback for the Denver Broncos. His name is Chad Kelly, Mike. And the reason he's the jabroni of the week for this week is apparently Chad Kelly went to a Halloween party full of Denver Broncos and managed to piss off all of his own teammates so much that they had Von Miller's security team escort him away from this party and he had to leave, at which point he ran away from the party, was so hammered when he ran away from this party, he ended up going into a stranger's house, sitting on the couch, mumbling to himself, at which point he was he ended up getting hit with a vacuum tube. An aluminum vacuum tube. And was cut a day later. You want to talk about insult to injury. There's a lot of serious things that happen. A lot of really dark things that happen. A lot of trouble players get into. He actually yeah. got arrested for this though. He actually got arrested again. And this is somebody that kind of seemed like he turned it around. And to get this drunk and end up in someone's apartment and get arrested. When you're an NFL quarterback. I read this That's story and I was just baffled by what I was reading. Uh, first degree trespassing. Uh, he walked on into somebody's house, mumbling, and sat on their couch, just like. That's like you chilling right now. Some dude just walks in your house, like. Like, I was like, and. The saddest part is that, you know, he's been given chance after chance after chance in college and in high school getting into trouble. He had his injury. And I, I don't mean to say it, but a lot of those chances are because his last name is Kelly. And you can't capitalize on those chances. And you have a guy like, like John Elway who takes a chance on you, gives you time to learn the system. You win the backup quarterback job to maybe one day become the franchise quarterback for one of the greatest historic franchises in the NFL and you do something like this I'm sorry Keith not all of us are, are meant to bite 
from the the tree of success. Do you know what I'm saying? No, and not not yeah, not, and not everybody is cut out to play professional sports at the highest level, which requires you, for the most part, for most players, obviously you have to be athletically gifted and you have to be in the top one percentile of um, what you do when it comes to the, the select sport that you're in, but also the mental game, Mike, and being able to act like an adult and to remember that when you're outside of your chosen profession you still have to live within the boundaries and the rules that everyone else right. lives in you don't, you don't just live in your own world just because you're a professional athlete and i think sometimes that's lost on not just professional athletes but a lot of different celebrities in general but um it obviously was not lost on the police in denver and they didn't find this very funny and i would love to know the story behind why he got kicked out of von miller's halloween party that's probably a tremendous story as well but he is a runaway Runaway candidate uh, for Jabroni of the Week this week. Obviously, there's many different things that you could involve the Giants in. Because every single week, they're trying to win the Jabroni of the Week. They're trying to be like the Alabama of the Jabroni of the Week. Might just win every year. Just multiple Jabroni of the Weeks, the Giants. But coming up next week for the New York Jets, we have another tough game on the road in Chicago. Let's get into it, Mike. Let's break it down. The Jets battle Week 8 versus the Chicago Bears. The situation uh, kind of got heavy on me. All right, Mike, so road game for Sandarnold. Going to be another tough spot for him to be in here up against a really talented defense. I know sometimes some teams have been able to do a little bit against them this year, uh, but talent-wise, on paper, they have a, tr- a lot of good players. It seems like this is going to be a really tough one for Sam. The Bears, the Bears' offense this year is what's been surprising too, Mike. They've been able to put up 28 points a game, which puts them about sixth in the league, with about 380 total yards a game, 250 passing, 130 rushing. So very respectable for them. On the, on the flip side, the Jets right now, we're putting up about 26 points a game. So points-wise, we're still getting points, Mike. But our offense right now is ranked 26 about, at about 329 yards a game. 207 passing, 121 rushing. When it comes to the passing game, Sam's right around 200 yards a game his rookie year. Not the worst, but team like the Bears, it seems like the way to attack them might be through the air. So those type of games this year, when we read Sam to attack through the air, they've kind of been a coin toss, how they turned out for us, Mike. I think on the road, this will be a tough one. Khalil Mack, obviously, we know is going to be all over the place. He has five sacks this year. Um, Roquan Smith, he has, you know, 36 tackles. Trevathan, Trevathan's playing great. Fuller has three interceptions. So the defense has a lot of good players. Mitch Trubisky's been the big surprise for them, Mike. He's a 97.1 rating, uh, but especially the last three or four games, seems like he's maybe figured it out. 13 t- touchdowns for the season, six interceptions. Averaging 250 yards a game passing, like I said. So in all different facets of the game, the Bears are pretty good right now at home. Sam stepping in there with the injuries we have. I know we signed Rashard's Matthews this week. Uh, which actually is a pretty good signing, Mike, which I support. It's a pretty smart move by the Jets. But another tough spot for Sam this week. Yeah, the rushing defense is superior. Uh, they haven't allowed a rushing touchdown all season. Um, they're averaging about 87.5 yards a game to their opponents. They have currently two fumbles recovered. Only allowed one 20-plus rush uh, for the entire year which was uh, 32 yards long. So opponents are averaging about 3.9 yards uh, rushing against them. So their rushing defense is going to be, so we're going to really have to attack through the air. Mack, as you said, is a monster, but he did get hurt against the Miami Dolphins. And ever since he's gotten hurt uh, in the Miami game, he has been a shell of himself. The Raiders coaching staff, I mean Raiders, listen to me. (laughs) They did give him away 
my bad, a bunch <laughs> of j- talk about jabronis, uh, has said that they are aware of Mac's injury, but they're going to continue to trot him, trot him out there and allow him to make plays. So he's somebody that we'll need to worry about along with Roquan Smith, like you said. Uh, their secondary is a secondary that can be had uh, averaging opponents to 262 yards a game. They've given up about 14 touchdowns on the season. Sam Darnold does have a new target in Rashard Matthews. Uh, Chris Herndon, the, uh, and it looks like Robbie Anderson is going to be healthy. So, look, Sam didn't have a great game last week. There's many other factors that you could put into it, but again, one of the things that we've talked about with this quarterback is that we would like to see him not turn the ball over. Now, he does have 10 interceptions, which leads the NFL in interceptions, but he does have 11 touchdowns, 10 throwing, 1 rushing. So uh, for me, as a rookie, as long as you're scoring more touchdowns than you're throwing interceptions, I'm not as uh, uh, upset, you know, in, in your rookie season. So if he does turn the ball over uh, hopefully he can generate some scoring drives and keep pushing the the, the I, w- I like the fact that they're throwing the ball they're throwing the ball down to Robbie they're opening up that playbook we don't really have the pass catchers right now with Quincy hurt and turn now to a prior cut um, but Richard Matthews I think was a great signing instead of going after a guy like Des Bryant or going after a guy trading for Amari Cooper or uh, Demarius Thomas and giving up trade capital. I mean, a no, absolutely. Capital. You bring yeah. you bring in a guy like Matthews, who's proven to be a pretty decent wide receiver in the NFL, and you know you already have Robbie, you have Herndon out there, you have Curse out there. So at least there's some options for Sam. I think this is the type of game with a defense that's as good as their defense is, uh, especially for an offense like us that moving the ball might be difficult, but got to hit those big plays. Right. You know, if they if they only have two or three drives and they punt, but they have one drive where they have three plays, but they're able to get a touchdown uh, by hitting a big strike to Robin, whatever the case may be, you can't be timid. You can't go into a shell. Um, you're not going to be able to beat this team if that's the way they play this game. They decide just to run the ball and check down and play conservative. On the road, this type of situation they're in right now, I don't think that's a good way to go. Uh, if they go out and they get themselves spanked, whatever, but there's a really very uh, aggressive defense, even with Mac banged up, they're still fifth in the league in yards given up, so right. it's not easy to move the ball on them, you know, as we know. It can be done, and you know, uh, Osweiler was able to have a day on them and put up a bunch of yards, um, and basically they were able to hit short passes, they were able to break for long gains in those games, so that might be a, a blueprint for the Jets to follow. But they do have one thing with uh, Chicago too, offensively, it does seem like Trubisky does spread the ball around, Mike, because listen to this. Gabriel has 329 yards. Cohen has 328. Burton has 325, and Allen Robinson has 285. Nice. So that that's that's a pretty well balanced passing attack right there. That's four guys right there. Yeah, it is. And uh, this is something that we've discussed before in regards to coaching and what coaching can do for a young quarterback and a young offense. You know, they went and got Nagy, um, and he's brought come in there and revolutionize their entire offensive philosophy and now you're starting to see the fruits of that philosophy bear on uh, Mitchell Trubisky should this be something that the New York Jets follow suit and go after an offensive mind like Nagy to have Sam Darnold flourish in the same way as also Jared Goff did down in uh, in LA well, that's to be seen, and it it'll be interesting to see how the rest of this season goes 
and what the commitment will be to Todd Bowles moving forward. Because I know, you know, it seems like a GM has been able to do a pretty decent job. And not that everything that's gone on with the Jets is Todd Bowles' fault, because it certainly isn't. But sometimes you don't need a new voice, you don't need a new guy in there, maybe a new vision, someone more offensive-minded, like you said, uh, who thinks outside the box can really get the best out of Sam. Because that's what we need moving forward is for, you know, him to be uh, just as good as humanly possible long-term for us. But this week versus the Bears, we just need him to be good enough to win. That's all we need. And hopefully Sam keep us in the game. That, you know, we say it every single week, Mike, when we're on here. What's one of the keys to the game? Us not committing the stupid turnovers. Us not committing the stupid penalties. Because all year long, it's been a theme. And all year long, we've been repeating those mistakes. Uh, on the road in this spot versus a really good defense like the Bears. It's it's more prominent than ever. If you want to hang in the game, uh, the defense is going to really need to step up. The defense is not going to be able to give up those big passing plays they've been able to get lately. But I do think, I mean, I'm not going to say it's, the Jets have no shot at winning, Mike. I would probably pick the Bears to win this one. I've been pretty good picking the games this year so far. I think it'll be a tough one for us to probably come away with a loss. But there's always a chance Sam can keep it in it if we can actually not turn the ball over. And yeah, I, I uh, last week I was optimistic thinking that uh, the positivity was going to push us into a win and play beat a team that was better than us. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen this week. They're going to be in a tough spot on the road. History dictates or shows that the Jets don't have a good record versus the Chicago Bears, especially at Soldier Field. Um, so I do believe we're going to take a loss and then go into the Miami game at 3-5. and five. Yeah, but you know what, guys? We, no matter what, every single week, take a win here on the AEBG podcast. And I hope you guys yeah. all enjoyed the podcast this week. Mike, everyone has been doing a tremendous job of supporting us, tweeting at us, having fun with us, and really supporting the podcast in a major way. And we really do appreciate it. Where is it that everybody can get at us? And if they want to speak to you, speak to me, support the podcast, or just talk about anything generally? Well, uh, as everybody knows, we are hosted on the Elite Sports Radio Network. So you can find us on there on Facebook. You can find us at AEBG. Dot Jets Radio on Twitter. You can find us at AEBG underscore NYJ Podcast. And on Instagram, you can find us at Jet.AEBG. You heard the man. Guys, tough loss this week, but another game comes up next week. That's the nature of the NFL. Signing off for my colleague and co host, Michael Lagaris. My name is Keith Farrell. Get out your next week, everyone. Are you ready? The New York Jets can beat anybody in the world, and I think we're going to win next Sunday. The New York Jets. I think Jeff fans are very passionate. Thank you, all you fans. They got their guy. Darnold falling to the Jets. Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. That's such an upside. I think Jeff fans are very passionate. Brady sucks. Don't be the sucks. Call an unbeliever.